Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Thank you. To be really specific, I said fall is my favorite season, but I love it most in my favorite city, which is Chicago. So you all thought I was going to say Vancouver, didn't you? Nope. No, I don't mind it here. It's great here. It's just not Chicago in the fall, which is awesome. So um, someday you can all go to Chicago and you'll understand what I'm talking about. That'd be great. So um, who said something about they, they told the pizza delivery guy that they loved them? Is that what you said? Who said that was you? So... If I had a nickel for every time I've told a pizza delivery person that I love them, I'd only have like 10 cents, but still, it's, it's weird that it happened twice. So, um, Okay, so I know you've already done kind of a greet and meet thing, talk, whatever you were talking about, but I'm going to have you do a little bit of thinking and then sharing with one another, and you're going to love this. It's going to be great. So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about if you could have one superpower, what superpower would it be? Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my, my idea of what superpower is the best one or the one that I would want the most, but I also have to tell you that um, I don't really like superheroes that have superpowers. My favorite superheroes are Batman and Iron Man. Those are my two favorites, and neither of them have any superpowers whatsoever. So, by the way, Iron Man isn't dead. All right, so, that was like an unspoiler. I'm, I'm, I'm unspoiling something for you. All right, so here you go. Go ahead and think about it. I'm going to give you, uh, I don't know, 20 seconds to think, and then I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to share, and then we're going to start sharing more out this way, okay? So... This is, this is how loud it should be for thinking. It's way too loud for thinking. Just thinking. All right, now share. Let's turn to somebody next to you. Tell them what you think is the best superpower and why. All right. All right, now we're gonna, I'm going to have you share some of those answers with me. All right, what is your favorite superpower? You've got to raise your hand or you don't get to talk. Yes. Second row. Yeah. Shape-shifting. Oh, a lot of... One really big supporter of shape-shifting. <laughs> you too? Two supporters of shape-shifting. All right, yes. The power to do other superpowers. That's like if you only had one wish, you would wish to always have one more wish, 
right? You'll never run out of wishes. So, all right, right there. Super speed, very popular, always in the top five of whatever survey you would do that would tell you what the favorite superpowers are. Yes, back there. I want to fly. Yes, flight, also usually in the top two. All right, how many of you have had a flying dream? How many of you can have a flying dream on demand? You can actually make yourself fly in your dreams. Just me, okay. Yeah. Teleportation, good, very good. I think someone back there had their hand up too. Oh, right here, okay. Invisibility, number one on the list of most popular superpowers, invisibility. All right, so that's good enough. We, we covered all the really good ones. Is there one really good one I missed? What, yours? Oh, mind reading. Mind reading, yes. Yes, the favorite of all the control freaks. Um, I'm... I don't know if you're a control freak. Joe? Okay. <laughs> hey, you don't even know my mother, but if you want to get into something, we can talk about that. All right. Yes. To be able to breathe underwater, so Aquaman, and who else can breathe underwater? Fish can breathe underwater. Nemo. Um, all the superheroes. Okay, now I need you to actually just listen. Shh. Because I want to tell you um, a little bit about the, a conversation I had along these lines. I actually was talking to a friend, and we were talking, but there was a group of us, and we were talking, we were talking about, like, what's the best superpower? What do you think is the best superpower? And I said, I think it's actually super speed. I think that would be the best superpower, because you could go so fast, you could do so many things that people wouldn't even be able to respond to the things that you're doing. And my friend goes, no, even better than that would be if you had the power to make everything else around you go in slow motion. And I was like, that's the exact same thing. That's not a better power. That's the exact, if, if everybody's going in slow motion, you are super speed guy. And if you're super speed guy, everybody's normal speed. Anyway, so that's the conversation we had. That's what we concluded was that one of those two is probably the best superpower. I'm certain that most of you agree. But I want to tell you this. I believe you have a superpower. Every single one of you has a superpower. And it's not something that I'm going to bestow upon you tonight. I'm not, not, not just because I said that you now have a superpower. I'm actually telling you, you have a superpower that you already had, but maybe you don't know that you have. You have the superpower of words. Words are unbelievably powerful. They're unbelievably powerful. I really believe that, and, and I'm not alone. You know, you know, we're going through the book of Proverbs. We're talking about life and the verbs, and as you're thinking about the Proverbs, you're thinking about, okay, what does a really wise person have to say about a lot of things? But when you're thinking about something like words that, that come out of our mouths, come into our heads, come out of our mouths, those are powerful, and that's what the wise man says 
in the Proverbs about words. Over and over and over. There's hardly a chapter in the entire 30 chapters of... 30? 31? 31 chapters of Proverbs. There's hardly a chapter that doesn't deal multiple times with words that come out of our mouths. And the number one thing that I read in Proverbs about words is that they are powerful. And if you have a superpower, you have to know how to use that superpower in the right way. You also have to know how to not use that superpower at certain times because superpowers are powerful and they can do pretty incredible things. I know you're a little skeptical, um, but let me just give you an example. Here's two words. Both of them are powerful. The word live and the word love. Which is more powerful? Love, one would think. You would think love is a more powerful word, but my friend invited me to go out, ski, uh, to go out on a ski boat with him and I texted him back and said, oh man, I'd love to go out on the boat with you. But I mistyped it, and it actually said, I would live to go out on the boat with you. Which is a lot creepier than saying love in that particular <laughs> sentence, wouldn't you say? Like, like, I, like that's where life is going to come from. The moment that I'm on a boat with you, my friend, I will begin to live. I would live for that. I am living for that. I'm still living for that. It's a powerful word, that word live. All right, so words are powerful. The Proverbs tell us that. The wise man says it over and over and over again. I just want to give you three examples tonight. Okay, that's all we're going to do. We're going to give you three examples of things that the wise man says about words. First one is that he tells us that we have to believe in the power. I think you have to believe in your power. If you have a superpower, you have to actually believe that you have that superpower. When I was a kid and uh, I would get bullied or someone else would get bullied or I would bully somebody else, there was a little poem or a little rhyme that we would say to each other. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me or, ha- or harm me or whatever you want to say. The other one that we used to say is, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks on you. Okay, so those two rhymes were super unhelpful when it came to being bullied or came to what other people were saying to you, because you know what? Words do hurt. Sticks and stones, yes, I'm pretty sure hurt, but so do words. Words have power and they can do unbelievable damage. And this is the first thing that this wise man says in the Proverbs about that. In verse 15, chapter 15 of Proverbs, verse four, he says, I'm gonna read two different versions of it. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Here's the message version of that same one. Kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. Do you know what the word maim means? So to to maim someone is to do physical damage to them. So look at what that says. Can we go back to that one again, the message one? Cutting words wound and maim. That's a physical sounding word to maim. That's what happens in battle. That's what happens when someone gets hit with a hammer. They have been maimed. The words can actually cut and maim. That's how powerful words are. The church that I grew up in, there was a guy by the name of Andy. And Andy was unusual. 
is probably the best way to describe him. Uh, he was a really faithful, he loved Jesus, he was a follower of Jesus, he was really faithful at our church. But Andy, you could not stand like in the foyer or the lobby area, you couldn't shake his hand without him taking two or three steps backwards. And so if you really wanted to shake his hand for like, you know, a couple of seconds, you'd end up kind of chasing him around the room, trying to shake his hands because he was just always backing up. And Andy was tall, but he didn't seem tall because he was always hunched over. And he was always kind of looking at the ground and he kind of spoke like he was nervous. And uh, this was just Andy. He was just a guy at our church that we all knew and people liked him, but he was just, he was always backing away. He seemed really hunched over and really kind of um, almost ashamed to make eye contact with people. And one day, his father came in. His father wasn't a part of our church, wasn't, didn't believe in Jesus, didn't, um, didn't have any faith. Came into the church and wanted to meet with my youth pastor about Andy. He wanted to talk to the youth pastor about Andy. And so he came in, he brought Andy in with him, and the three of them all sat down in my youth pastor's office. And the dad started to, to tell the youth pastor a story. He said, he said, Pastor, I just want to tell you I have two sons. I have a son who has gotten a university degree. He's going on to get his doctorate. He's uh, made a huge impact in his community. He's well-liked by everybody around him. He's really well-adjusted. He gets along well in society. He's actually going to contribute something to this world. And then I have this. And he points at his son, Andy, sitting next to him. And he said, this one who never does anything, who's not going to accomplish anything, and he just... He just uses his words to just tear Andy down right in front of Andy and in front of my pastor. And the session went on for a while, and, and afterwards the father left, and, and my youth pastor just went over to Andy and put his hand on him. He said, Andy, does your dad always talk to you that way? And Andy said, what way? Andy had no idea that he'd been maimed that he'd been cut with knives his entire life because it had happened so much he didn't even know. The reason Andy backs away when people talk to him is because he's wounded. The reason Andy can't make eye contact is because words have wounded him. Everything that we learned about Andy and his father told us that this, this was not a physical abusive relationship. It was a verbally abusive relationship. Believe in the power of words. They have the power to help and heal or wound and maim. Both powers are great. Here's the second thing that the wise man says. He says, you need to learn to harness the power. Proverbs 21, 23 Harness the power. Proverbs 21, 23. The first version is, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. I like this next one even better. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. So a word that we're not using often enough. I would like you to all start using that word from now on. Do you know what it means, calamity? It's like a disaster. It's like when something really, really bad and suddenly bad happens. It's called a calamity, when things fall apart, when things don't go as they're supposed to go. This is one of those verses that points out the power of words. We have to learn to harness the power. I was in Africa 
And in Africa, a lot of villages, in the western part of Africa, in Burkina Faso, where I was, in, in a lot of the villages there, they don't actually have any running water. And sometimes the water that is in like ponds and, and just still water like that is poisoned. It's not drinkable. So they have to dig wells. And sometimes they dig wells by hand. And they, you know, they actually dig way down. They're, they're big, huge wells, but they dig way down till they get to the water, and that becomes their drinking source. But to get the water, they have to lower something down in, a bucket down into the well, just like a typical well would be, to pull the water out. There's another kind of well where you drill all the way down below the bedrock, and the water that's underneath the bedrock actually comes up, and you just pump the well like this. But the well that is just the big hand-dug well has to constantly be covered. As soon as they get water out of the well, they throw a big cover over top of the well. And I asked, like, what, like, what's the purpose? Is that, like, I thought it was because a lot of children are playing around. Is it to keep children from falling in the well? Because, uh, never mind. <laughs> because when children fall in wells and they don't have a dog to go and tell people that they've fallen in a well, what are they going to do? I knew that would not land well with a lot of you. <laughs> Lassie jokes never go over well. So anyway, so they're covering over the well to make sure. I thought it was just safety. I thought it was like, well, that makes sense. You don't want kids falling in the well. And they said, no, it's because normally what happens is an animal falls in the well. And the animal dies in the well. And the animal poisons the water. So what we have to do is keep the well covered to make sure that nothing poisonous goes into the well. So... The only way they know when an animal's died down in the well is to fill a bucket and pull it up, and then they can tell if the water's good or bad, probably by the smell, uh, hopefully not by the taste. They're able to find that the water's not good anymore, and it ruins that well until they can get that cleaned out. I want you to think about words this way. I want you to think about the well being your heart or your soul, the deepest part of you, the part where your emotions come from, the part where your thoughts are formed, all of that, I want you to imagine that being the well. The bucket is your mouth. Whatever comes out of the bucket tells you what's going on in the well. Do you understand? Do you understand where the power of words comes from? The power of words doesn't come from the words you actually say. The power of words comes from what's actually inside of you that produces those words. And if what's inside of you is darkness, anger, hatred, poison, venom, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. If what's inside of you is like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, those are the things that are going to come out of your mouth. So here's what I would like for you to think about right now. What kind of words have been coming out of your mouth today? Let's not go back over like the last week or the last month. Let's just talk about today. What's been coming out of your mouth towards your parents, towards your friends, towards your teachers? Let me just say this. It isn't always coming out of your mouth. Sometimes you're sharing your words in a text. Sometimes they're just forming in your head. But what are the words that have been coming out of you? And what does that tell you? about what's going on in the well, the condition of the well. This is really important. This is hugely important because if the well is not okay, 
We, most of us, do not have the willpower to stop the words, to stop the poison, to stop the maiming. We can't do it because it's what's actually down inside of us. I don't know, I don't know how you go about dealing with what's going on inside of you, but I'll just tell you right now, you have to deal with it. You have to figure it out. You have to have a place like this, a safe place, where you can begin to deal with the stuff that's in the well so that the stuff that's coming out of the bucket doesn't keep hurting other people and yourself. Words are really powerful. Taking care of the source of where those words come from is really important. That's why I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're in this place. I'm glad that you're connected to this church. I'm glad that you're connected to a youth ministry where people actually know you, care about you, want to actually help take care of the well, take care of your spirit, of your soul, of what's going on deep inside of you. Harness the power so that it doesn't do damage, but instead can actually do good. So believe in the power, harness the power. Here's the third one that I want to say from what the wise man says. Use the power for good. There's a point in every superhero movie where somebody reminds somebody, you got to use your power for good. There's a lot of things you could do with this power, but in the end, you have to use this power for good. This is from Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Here's another way to say it. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Words are powerful, so they can kill or they can give life. They can, they can be poison or they can be something really good for you, fruit, which you may not like, but it's good for you. But it's, the choice is yours, what you decide to do with your words. I want to give you, um, I don't think that the Bible is just full of formulas, but there's one that shows up in the book of Ephesians that jumped out to me one day when I was younger. I, I want to tell you this about myself. This is a big part of the reason I chose this, I got to choose this subject. Uh, they didn't choose it for me, it's called the loudmouth. Like, eh, let's give that one to James. Um, I actually got to choose the subject for tonight, and this is the one I chose, and here's the reason. Because there was a point in my life, especially when I was probably like 13, 14, 15, where I had absolutely no control over my tongue. I had no control over the things that came out of my mouth. I felt like I, I wasn't, but I felt like I was helpless to stop the things that were coming out of my mouth. And so I hurt people, I was disrespectful towards people. My, my language was not um, positive, and it wasn't uplifting, and it wasn't filled with nice words. I mean, I could fake it at church and at home, but when I was with my friends and when I was at, when, when I was at school, I was just, I was kind of a jerk. I was unkind to a lot of people. I was, I was pretty good to my friends, most of the time, if they weren't being mean to me, then I wouldn't be mean to them. But I was pretty good to my friends, but I was really not very kind to other people, especially people who I thought were different than me or, or people maybe who threatened me, people who, are, who could actually probably beat me up. 
but I was quicker with my words so I, so I could win a battle if it just stayed like words, if they didn't punch me. I used to go home, and I don't know if any of you experienced this, but I used to go home at the end of the night and I would, like, after, even after, like, youth group night or if I'd been out with my friends or something, like, doing something with kids from school or whatever it was, I would go home at night and I would cry and I would punch my pillow and I would say, why do you say stuff like, to myself, I would say, like, why do you do that? Why can't you just shut up? Like, why do you talk like that? And I was so frustrated that I couldn't control what was coming out of my mouth. And this passage that was written a long time after the Proverbs were written. These words were written down by a man named Paul, and Paul would have been the kind of guy who studied the wise words of the Proverbs. He would have understood those words. And so I think what he's saying here in this book, in this letter that he wrote to these people uh, called the Ephesians in Ephesus, I think what he's saying here reflects the wisdom of the Proverbs when it comes to how we talk. And it comes out, I don't know if he intended it this way, but I hear it as a formula. Here's the, here's the verse. It's Ephesians 4, verse 29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Let's stop right there. Give me some examples of what might be unwholesome talk. Just throw them out. Now, like, no, no, don't give me, don't share unwholesome talk with me. Give me examples of what kinds of things could be considered unwholesome talk. Cussing, yeah, mean words. Sometimes honesty. honesty. (laughs) At the wrong time. Insults, threats, sarcasm. Did anybody say gossip yet? No, gossip? Lying, yeah. All right, so we could, we have a lot of them, right? We have a lot of examples of things that could fall under the category, the broad umbrella of unwholesome words. And you probably have heard most of them, right? We've heard unwholesome words in our lives. He says, he says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. And I think he's talking about a specific kind of unwholesome talk here, and this is where we figure that out. So first thing is, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, or instead, only what is helpful for building others up. So first, don't let anything come out of your mouth that's unwholesome. Second, he says, but only what is helpful for building others up. So what is the unwholesome talk that he's talking about? Words that put other people down, that make other people feel like they're less, that make other people feel um, sub, subhuman or not important or, or feel like they've been attacked. So all of these are possible comparison, criticism, gossip, lies, unkind names, to bring other people down. All of those kinds of unwholesome talk. But he says instead, what is, allow what to come out of your mouth is the things that are helpful for building others up. And then he says this, according to their needs. So here's what this means. Your words are powerful. And if you use encouraging words that are hollow and meaningless, they will lose their power. If you, if you try and build somebody other, some other person up because you see in a Bible it says I should say kind words, so I'm just going to say kind words, you're not actually doing what Paul says here. What he says here is you have to say things that build them up according to their needs. Well, how do you know what their needs are? 
you have to know them. You have to know that person. To be able to build somebody up, to be able to genuinely build somebody up in the way that they need to be built up, you actually have to know them. So I know that you guys have small groups. You don't call them that, do you? Small groups? Yeah. You have small groups. Um, there's always different names for small groups. So you're, you have small groups. And here's one of the things I want to tell you about small groups. They are there for a reason. And one of the reasons is so that you can know one another and you can learn about one another's needs so that you can use your superpower to build one another up. Now, I'm just going to throw out a guess here. It doesn't always feel that way in your small group. It doesn't always feel like we're here to know each other, care about each other's needs, and build one another up. You don't have to like raise your hand and go, yes, amen, because that might offend people. But, but I'm just, I'm just going to guess, because I've, I've done this for a while, I'm, I've been a youth pastor for over 20 years, so I'm going to guess that sometimes it doesn't feel that way in your group. But that's why they're there. It's one of the main reasons that we have small groups. It's one of the main reasons that we do this thing called discipleship together, learning how to follow Jesus together. The reason we do that is because it's really hard to do alone. We weren't built to do it alone in the first place. And when we do it together, it is so much better if we do it well, if we actually let learn to uh, know what each other's needs are, and then consciously make a decision to use our superpower to build them up in the areas that they need to be built up and not tear them down. There are times when our superpower can be even more powerful when we, when we don't use it at all, when we just keep it to ourselves. Because sometimes the words that would come out would not be the right time for lifting somebody else up or encouraging somebody. So, how does the verse end? This is even more amazing. So the formula is, if this is a formula, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Instead, let things that are helpful for building others up come out of your mouth according to their needs, which you now know because you're spending time with them and you're getting to know them and you can actually encourage them in a way that they need. And then he says this, that it may benefit those who listen. This is amazing. He doesn't say that it may benefit you, the one who is speaking the uplifting words. And he also doesn't say that it may benefit the person you're speaking the uplifting words to. What he actually says is that it may benefit those who listen, those who are around, those who hear the uplifting words being shared with this one actually benefit from it. What does that mean? What does that actually mean? It means that with our words, we can change the culture around us. That's what that means. Now, if you still don't believe me that words are a superpower, I just got through saying that with our words, we can change the culture around us. If your school or your home or your workplace have a culture of absolute negativity all the time, you are not powerless against that. You have a superpower. And with your encouraging words, with your uplifting words, you can actually begin to affect the culture around you. I don't know what your home is like. You may come from a home like Andy. I have no idea what kind of a home you come from. I don't know any of you well enough to know that. But I want to tell you, you have the power 
even if you feel like you have no power, you feel completely powerless, like you don't even buy this whole superpower thing that I'm sharing with you. If you feel like you have no power, I want to tell you that the presence of God in your life, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life can give you the authority to actually change the culture around you in your home, in your school, in your friendship circles, wherever it is, by the way you talk, by the way you speak about others and the way you speak to others. And others will catch on. Others will hear it too. So let's start right here with the people in this room. This is where we start. It starts with the people that you're closest to. It doesn't start with strangers. It doesn't start by having a nice word for a stranger on the side of the road, someone that you see walking down the street, someone that's just standing on the corner. It starts with the people that you know, your family and your friends. I want to tell you that the culture of this group of students can be created by your words. Some of you maybe had trouble coming in here tonight. Maybe. Because you don't always feel safe here. I hope that isn't true, but it's possible that some of you had trouble walking in here tonight because you don't always feel safe here because someone might say something or someone has said something. But I'm telling you that your words can change the culture of this room and of these relationships. And I'm talking about the people who aren't here tonight as well. For those of your friends who sometimes come here but aren't here tonight. And then I'm talking about your homes and your schools and your places of work. So there's a wise man who lived a long time ago who talked a lot about the power of words. And what he said was, they're super powerful. Use them well. I think there's probably some relationships in this room that are broken. Again, I'm guessing, but... I'd be willing to put money on it. I'm not gambling, but if I were to gamble, I would put money on it. That there's some broken relationships in this room, that there's people who've said things to other people that have left wounds, and they've just left it that way. There's people who've used their words, their power, to make other people feel small. And there's people here who've withheld encouraging words for people that should have been shared. I would like for you to take a moment tonight to think about how you want to wield the superpower that you possess. How do you want to carry it? How do you want to use it? And I'm just going to ask you right now, if you would, I'm just going to ask everybody, just bow your heads, because I want this just to be a moment for you, each one of you. Just bow your heads so you're not distracted by anybody around you. There's nothing magical about bowing your heads, just, just so you're not being distracted. How do you want to use the superpower that you've been given? In what ways could you see the culture around you being changed by the way you use your words? And who's the one person right now that you're thinking about that you know You've wounded with your words, and you need to make it right. This is where it starts tonight. Let's use our superpowers well.